Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks Live here on YouTube. Nate and I are super pumped to be here again for another Monday Live. 6 p.m. Eastern time is the time. People submit their questions through our question and answer submission form, which you can find in the description of this video. So if you want to ask questions for next week, be sure to submit your questions now, between now and next week, Monday, and we'll try to get them in here. There's always a lot of questions, so we try to do our best to pick and choose what is most pertinent in the hobby right now. Um, if we don't choose your question, we will try to get it in a future video, so keep asking, and, and we'll try to toss it in there along the way. But there's some big news to kick this week's show off with. And Nate, did you see the news about the fake Beckett slab circulating? Uh, multiple places on uh, Instagram did I see stories and posts and stuff about it. It was it was the whole rage yesterday. Yeah, Maybe it, it really Saturday. was. I might have missed Saturday, but it's it's been over the past couple of days. But to start this show, we're gonna recap for you if you did not see about the fake Beckett slabs. We're gonna recap what happened over the last four days so you're up to speed. Um, you are aware of the situation so you can better educate yourself going through the future on these slabs and also what there might be to come next. Because I think over the last couple of weeks, maybe the last month, I've been pretty vocal um, about Beckett grading services and PSA and SGC and some other things. So I'll give my take on that as well. But to start it off here, we're gonna get our screen share going. This is how it all started. So you'll see these two cards here, LeBron 2015 Prism Silver, BGS 9.5. Both of these cards are in the same person's hands over in Asia. And each card has the exact same certification number the exact same cup subgrades but it is two different cards these cards are physically different but the grade and the slab is the exact same or at least very very similar so we're gonna go through this and show you guys some things that happened here with this so that's how it all sprouted is through these lebron 2015 prism silver 9.5s really it started on blowout forums or at least this is where the most information is on it and deadshot here is posting about what happened because it started on Twitter and that made a, its way to blowout forums. And there's a quote here that's talking about that Le, the LeBron was sold by a consignment in its store and that they found this card with the exact same certification number, shipped, in the, shipped them to the same site to analyze them. And then we get here and we're looking and you see right there where the, sub, the certification, number, certification numbers are the exact same thing on the left, uh, 00107202294. So if you were to look it up, in the Beckett database, you would actually see the fact that it's a real card, or you would think based on this slab. And, you know, just to start off, they are very, very similar. I mean, those labels are extremely similar. And on the right here, we have a tweet replying to the original person who was talking about this, these fake slabs from Beckett themselves that says, we are aware of the situation and have already taken actions to protect the brand slash service if you look closely there are differences with these cases slash labels so be sure to buy wisely from jeremy murray um i don't know about you but i would not be telling my customers to buy wisely if some you know or at least that be the closing statement to something if some beckett slabs just came out that are fake that look this similar i would do everything i could to try to debunk the differences to help others instead of just saying, oh, that's like, well, fake. that's basically just saying, oh, look, something similar. Better do your research. We're not going to help you. Exactly. So not not a good look there at all, which actually has been following a trend I feel from Beckett in recent uh, in the past couple months and, you know, 2020. So here's some more some more digging into this. And this text is a little small for me to read, but I'm just going to summarize because I have I have looked at this today. Is that right? Would you here? Like me to read it for you? Oh, sure thing. If you want to. 
uh, the original posted by or the one underneath it? Uh, you can start with the original posted by, and then we can get into this because this is a, a point here. All right. If anyone sees any issues with either slab, be careful not to post specifically uh, what the issue is. We don't want the counterfeiter to improve on their work. For those saying one is a fake, which do you believe to be so? One of them definitely looks off to me, off in quotation marks. And then this is 100% on Beckett for not upgrading their slab security since 2001. I disagree that we should not post differences. If the scammers improve their craft and Beckett does not respond, then they might as well just close up shop because all their trust in their slabs will be destroyed. Here is the difference I spotted based on the Twitter photos that Kyle linked. Beckett flips labels. Be Beckett flips. Uh, so what? It, the flips is another name for label. They call them oh. the same thing. Okay. Come from perforated sheets. Therefore, there are small teeth on each flip. One of the two gold flips in question has teeth. The other one does not. Let me see if I yeah. can spot that here on on this bad boy. So, if, so if you look right here at the very top on the left one, it says flip has perforation teeth. On the right, it says flip has no teeth, and it's a smooth cut. Now, oh, yeah. Nate, I will I will say. So, yours has the perforation. Yeah. Got you. So, let me go on to the next slide as you look at that because. This is saying that the subgrade text is too spread out. The real flips are more condensed. And then it, at the bottom, it says, hold on. I have cards that have perforated edges on BGS slab, and they are real because I took it up there myself. I actually have cards both with perforated and non-perforated cards, or sorry, labels. So now I'm a little worried. So now there's people saying they brought, they have slabs that have both perforated and non-perforated that are real. Uh all of the edges on mine, which I know is a, a legit slab because we sent it in ourselves, um, yeah. are perforated. Yes. So that the, now there's people saying they have ones that actually are straight edge too that are real as well. Okay. So it's getting a little bit more dicey here. Here's another one of people looking into things. And this is about the slab, how it stacks. So the top slab is stacking a little funky on that left side. You see it doesn't stack exactly Beckett slab should stack exactly and if you actually even look closer at the Beckett the two different fonts are different here this is a very subtle change but the actually the bottom one which is the real one um 99% sure actually yeah so the left the bottom one if it's stacked or the one on the left is real has a little bit of a thicker font the one on the right isn't as thick but let's be real this is super similar like this is not like a knockoff this is like a really 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 close fake so this is where it gets a little bit more intense this is where more info starts to come out to where we can maybe have a little bit more of knowledge base based on what's going on here so this came via card porn on instagram and the bgs 10 luca here has a big fake on it and it has the um the patent number circled on the bottom so this is really where people started to be like yes this is real no this is not real because they've spotted on all the fakes so far let's keep in mind this is so far these things could still be coming out now we don't really know exactly you know what's going to go on with this all the fakes on the bottom that are fake do not have a dot between the pat and the 6295 and i'll show you that in future slides here to get a little bit more in, in depth this is just the explanation that i kind of just talked about so i'm probably going to skip over this um, because it's you know you don't have to sit here and read it. You can pause it if you want to and read it. Let's say that. And then here's more info for you to pause and read if you do want to do so. 
But really, this is what the slide that you need to see. So on the left is a fake one. There's no dot between the PAT and the 6-2. On the right, there's two real ones with the dot between the PAT and the 6-2. Now, let's be honest. That's a very easy switch for the fakers to go to their little machines and put a dot in there. Is it not? I mean, this could be added as of tomorrow or today with people figuring out about this release of scammers. So it's not really something that is going to hold up for too long. I'd say it at least finds the fakes in the marketplace today or as of before people discovering this, or at least we so hope. But in general, so this is the last slide here. In general, this is something that is not good at all because I knew this, Nate knew this, everyone that probably is in to you know cards knew this, but as more money comes in, as more people get involved, more scams come, more fakers come, more disingenuous, dishonest business comes, and it's really disappointing, especially for someone who's been collecting cards their whole life, um, seeing stuff like this, people trying to rip new people off or even old people off, because let's be real. I mean, I pick up that Lucas lab for the first time, and I probably don't know if you know if this isn't circling as fake versus real, that that thing's fake. Um, and, and you know, for the past several months, I've been pretty against Beckett vocally due to their lack of customer service, their lack of improvements, their lack of transparency with their customers about how long their wait times are. Well, they haven't said how long their wait times are, but they haven't been making any efforts to make their customers feel like that they're improving them by hiring, by putting in technology. Nate, I see you got something to say. Yeah, Spin Zone. This was PSA putting out BGS fakes. <laughs> no. Not happening. No, this this is for sure coming, not not from a company. No, this is for sure some underground people trying to trying to case in some Beckett cards to sell for more money. But it, it is a little interesting to see that how this is starting because let's think about the LeBron nine five. That's a like, you know, that going from raw to nine five in that card is not much money at all. It's not even really worth it to do that. It's definitely a ploy to start to do this as small scale to build this up to a bigger scale. So like I'm saying, worrisome. On the other hand, a lot of people in here are saying just buy PSA and don't buy BGS. I will most likely agree with that for grading your cards because PSA, bless you, Nate. <laughs> PSA has got their, their security measures have ramped up significantly over the past you know 10 years. They now have the new Lighthouse label, which is kind of like how they print money, how they have their certain hologram that supposedly can't be copied can people do it who knows you know i'm not a scammer so i wouldn't know but when it comes to at least what they're doing they are doing a lot more that is helping their security helping their buyers confidence and bgs who hasn't switched as you can see on this slide you know they haven't switched their labels in forever if you've seen a label from 10 years ago it looks the exact same thing as the label now looks like the exact same label from 15 years ago they did make a switch at one point where the subgrades went from the back to the front but there's never been any big improvements security wise for these labels it's a huge issue and i've actually said it vocally on our live streams in the past couple of weeks i would not be surprised if beckett really goes downhill in the next two years their prices are going up a ton they are failing to meet any sort of customer service level in terms of you know helping out improve their customer experience helping improve their operations helping improve anything and their secondary marketplace values are going down. And all this happens, I mean, not good looks. Not good looks yeah. at all. Um, I, I'll definitely agree. I don't, with the people in the comments too. PSA for me, for grading. Um, also, for GT Black, conspiracy theories aren't going to help clear this up. Correct. I was just joking. 
I don't actually think PSA was creating fake BGS labels and then leaking the information that there are fake BGS labels out there so that BGS goes downhill. Nope, couldn't be me. Would not be suggesting that. Yes, no, Nate's not suggesting that. <laughs> no, I'm not actually. I said it like I was suggesting it, but I'm not actually suggesting that. It's just okay, good, because that would never happen as a publicly traded company. I know. Um, but but in terms of this whole situation, really, this is supposed to you know enlighten you on what's going on. You know, you can check your slabs. I will say this: autograph slabs and one other slab. I can't remember which slab it is, what card it's graded or whatever. Do not even have a patent on there. So I would not freak out if you have an autograph card from BGS without a patent on it, like the number on it. Um, just try to find maybe the difference with that dot right there and ones you have right now. I wouldn't worry. Obviously, be great yourself. No they're, worry. They're only yep. going to be able to do this with non-numbered cards. You're saying the the faking? Yeah, because either they have to fake make the entire card with the same number as the previous slab, or well, you'll be hey, hey, here's something for you. Beckett doesn't track the numbering on the cards that they grade. And there's no difference between them putting the same certification number on a Prism Silver or a numbered card. They're still two different cards. No, I understand. But say... say the, the only difference is that it's easier to figure out if it's fake or not. That's the only difference. Yeah. Yeah, I, but, I'm, just, uh, I'm just thinking like you 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 fake a blue out of 150 for you know Bowman Chrome. Well, I can see all the numbers. Yeah. Um, no, the, the question is, are they taking? Are they making a fake Luka Doncic card and then putting it in a fake label and then? Yeah, I've actually heard that. I've actually heard that too. People questioning if the cards in the slabs are actually legit as well, which we I would even begin to tell you at this moment if it looks the exact same from what I saw. You know, there's nothing that's a huge red flag right now. But either way, no bueno. That's so the main point. I guess I guess my secondary question off of this is, is this how we see a exponential rise in numbered cards? You know, I honestly, I still don't think that number of cards makes that big of a difference. If the fakers are going to try to fake a, the same certification, number, they're going to try to fake the, the number card too. I get that. It's easier to figure out. But I mean, if they're that close, the the slabs, and they're trying to do it anyways with non-numbered cards, then you could be like, well, is that real one really real? The only reason you know is if you grade it yourself. Yeah. You know, sure. if it's still showing up in the certification number, all that stuff. Yeah. A and also, time, there's a rough time so, to be so, sitting on a flag row junior tops chrome <laughs> sapphire BGS 10. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Um, another comment here is will make will make me think twice before buying the older PSA slabs that don't have the lighthouse label. So yes, previous to them introducing the lighthouse to security measure label where it's got the little hologram on it, like they grade now. There, I have heard of those labels and cases being faked in the past, and that is another worry too. So just something to look out for. Um, hey, let it be. Explain, can you explain what a lighthouse label is? If I'm looking at this label right here. Yeah, so you've got the lighthouse label on. So that little PSA hologram on there that's right in the middle of the slab or in the, of yeah. the label, that would be the lighthouse label. That's the new label that they have their new security measure technology in it that whatever it is, look at under UV light, whatever it comes to, however you figure it out, they'd have to be some Googling and some reading on the FAQs on PSA. I physically have not myself been like, let me check this to make sure it matches with the PSA hologram. Well, there's um, definitely that a would... lot of like hidden numbers in there. Yeah, so there's a mm -hmm. lot of stuff in there that, supposedly cannot be faked you know like a hundred dollar bill type of thing okay interesting so i you know i i see a lot of you guys in the comments talking about this and you know this is 
this is some, you know, realness to this. I don't want to scare you guys into thinking that the, you know, all this is fake. Now, I would definitely check your slabs just to figure out if your newer graded prism cards that those are the ones we've seen surface so far. But they're, you know, I I don't have any saying if Beckett starts to go downhill. Nate doesn't have any say. It's just how we see it. You know, I wouldn't be sending cards to Beckett. I wouldn't have before this even happened anyway. So this really detracts me from sending to them now. And if you do own Beckett cards and they are real, worst case scenario, if Beckett goes down, prices fall. You crack them out and you send them to PSA. You might not have a, a BGS 9.5, but I guarantee that PSA 9 will be worth more than a BGS 9.5 of a card that isn't currently grading cards or a company that's not currently grading cards. So that's where I'm at. Nate, you got any last thoughts before we can move on to some sports talk, some sports card talk, and bring some positivity to this live stream? Um, as somebody who's uh, generally lazy, <laughs> uh, this is just like a real, ugh, you know, two, three, four more steps you have to do before buying a card now. Yeah, and and I would say even more so than checking the slabs you have, when you're buying high-end stuff now, um, really do you know your homework? And honestly, like I'm trying, to, I'm not trying to make it seem like this is easy because I, if this never surfaced, I would not have been able to tell you that that Lucas slab was fake. There's no way, there's zero chance. And I've been dealing with these BGS cards for ten plus years, and that's how good it was too. You know, like that's it's wild how that happens. Really, really wild. All right. Here we go. Moving on to the live stream and getting some some good sports card talk here. Also, thanks everyone for for joining this live stream. I see we have ninety people. Really appreciate that. If you guys can, please hit that like button and that subscribe button. It definitely helps us get more viewers on this live stream. It'll help distribute it to more people so we can get people in here to discuss about these sports cards that we're about to. Because we're really excited to have you guys here too to discuss. So for the first question from E Triple C, more of a topic than a question. At least once a week, I hear about the card bubble crashing. Just once, I would like to hear about how every NBA lottery pick since 2017 to 2018 is still being prospected on like they're a budding superstar. Eventually, most of the money will fall out of these cards. This is not a crash. This is just how the hobby works. So I see this as twofold. It's almost funny because you read the first part of the question or the, the comment, and you're like, oh, it sounds just like the people saying that the card bubble is a thing. You know, it's crashing, all that stuff. And then you read the second half, and then it's kind of contradictory. But I think that it's... It's real what he's saying is that just because some random player that doesn't pan out goes down in value or people lose interest in him doesn't mean that's a card bubble. It just means that people aren't risking as much money in these non-stars. Well, look at look at football, right? Every every year there's a new crop of quarterbacks. People are really excited about Justin Herbert. And they're really excited about Joe Burrow and uh, Tua. And they're still excited about Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And the excitement's waning a little bit on the Baker Mayfields and the Lamar Jacksons of the world. And the excitement's waning even further on, like, now Carson Wentz is terrible. <laughs> we know that. But still, like, two years ago, Carson Wentz would have been a very hot name, right? Mm -hmm. And now, and, uh, you know, even if, even if guys are, you know, merely good, not great, the excitement wanes down. Everyone always bets on the next guy becoming the next superstar. And when he's merely a Paul George and not a LeBron James, prices drop. Yeah, right? and, and if you're not somewhere in between there, you're also not going to, you know, you got to be somewhere between Paul George and LeBron James, not on the other end of it. Otherwise, you're really not not capturing the people's, you know, belief and money too, which is what changes sports card values is how much money is getting put into that player. So 
I, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a, it's a good topic. Um, I also reiterate that, you know, cards is not a bubble. We are seeing right now all that hype that was going to last into the bubble for basketball is coming right back with the new NBA season rolling around. People has had to, you know, go and venture into football and into Pokemon and into anything else that they want to in that meantime to keep them excited. And now you see what that date coming out, the t- December 22nd start date, trade starting to happen, all this other the you draft, know, effects. The draft, the, draft, the draft on Wednesday is a huge thing as well. There's a lot of stuff that people are getting excited about in the basketball card marketplace. You know, I'd, I'd you know, uh, urge you to go look up any of those new rookies, kind of like in this range, 2017 to 2019, of, of NBA players, PSA 10 grades, and most of them are going up in value at least – 10 to 30 percent in the last month alone hey if we can go off on a little bit of a tangent small just a bit just a bit um very excited about this draft because it feels like one of those years where the bucks have the 24th pick and that player is not going to be really that much lower upside than somebody with the 10th pick which is kind of exciting because you know in 2013 when the bucks drafted Giannis 15th and the jazz drafted rudy gobert 27th those are like the two best players in the draft. You yeah. Know, Victor Oladipo, uh, CJ McCollum, guys like that. But those are the two best players in the draft, and they were taken in the back half of the draft. And I feel like this year could be the same thing where there's going to be steals up and down the prism list, uh, which is kind of exciting. There's also going to be real big duds, you know, people mm-hmm. putting huge amount of money into Anthony Edwards because he goes number one or something. And right, he's merely good, not great. Right. By the way, as you guys watch us discuss these topics and these questions uh, on the live stream, feel free to put your input into the live chat because we love seeing your guys' opinions and seeing you guys interact with each other. Uh, that's what it's all about. And it definitely helps us out too with get some more thoughts into the chat with so for other people to ponder as well. Because we definitely want more perspectives rather than less. That's for sure. With baseball being such a team sport, why are the card values uh, more cor- more correlated to personal achievements than to team success? Um, I was going to remember to look up Deshaun Watson so that, uh, remember this $380 for a Deshaun Watson PSA 10. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go back, uh, quite a ways. I'm going to go to August. I can tell you what they're selling for August $85. Yeah. Okay. August 19th, 800. And that was 380, 385, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, a, it's an interesting point because Deshaun Watson is having his best career year uh, statistically. Why? Statistically, uh, it's like 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, 2,593 yards, something like that, 68% completion percentage. I was trying to find the tweet I was reading before going on. I just couldn't find it again. Um, and so he's having his best career year statistically, but the Texans are a terrible team. Mm-hmm. And prices have gone down. Uh, and you watch that in basketball and even basketball, you know, there's a 52 man team in football and yet poor team prices go down basketball. Even worse is that like, for the most part, guys can go up in price, but they kind of got to be close to the playoffs, right? Or super, super young, mm-hmm. you know, uh, John Morant and the Grizzlies Zion, they're fighting for the eighth spot, but like, they're really young and people are excited. Whereas in baseball, Mike Trout can be on a terrible team, but he does really well. Prices go up. Uh, Fernando Tatis could be on a bad Padres team last year. Not this, not this 2020 season, but 2019. But he did a really good job in a small amount of time, and prices went up. Um, and I just think it's because of the, of the 162 game season. 
you know, there's so much baseball being played. There's so many losses for every single team that uh, people don't really care as much as, say, a guy, you know, having seven home runs in five days, something like that. Is there something to be said for people's expectations of star athletes affecting their team's success big time in football, like a quarterback? Yes, yeah. a really big quarterback. You're expecting him to win them games regardless of if their defense is bad or their weapons are bad. You're expecting Aaron Rodgers to go out there and win 10 games even if our defense is awful. Yeah, if you have you an know? atrocious defense but a top-flight quarterback, right, you're just like, well, he's just got to overcome it. Yeah, and that's what I feel like might be happening you know, in – Baseball versus and, football. And basketball is the same way. If yeah. you have LeBron James, he better make the playoffs. If you have Giannis, mm-hmm. he better make you know the Eastern Conference Finals at the very least. Which I will say they generally do because of how much a star affects a basketball team. But also that to to that point, if they don't, you really see it affecting their values. I remember for a long time, people and I know that Trey's been super hot right now. So let's not talk about that at this moment. But in the past, people were saying Trey Young's values would be so much higher if they just made the playoffs. Similar situation there. Yeah. And it can even still apply now. And funny, as I say that, Ricardo just commented, what about Trey? Very similar thing. Uh, he's on the same wavelength as me, is that people have been constantly saying, what about Trey if he makes the playoffs? Um, you know, we'll see something that's probably opposite of baseball. Although, although, like, I feel like, you know, let's say that Mike Trout just randomly makes the playoffs one year. Do you think that really, like, increases his prices a lot? Like, I feel like it won't do much in terms of like his so. overall. I think, I think people just really understand that obviously now having Mike Trout's entire career to this point as a reference point is that one guy doesn't make a team, but one guy in baseball can clearly be the best player in, in the world, right? Whereas, you know, one quarterback makes a team for the most part. Uh, you can have a pretty bad team, but you have a good quarterback. Look at the Seahawks. Yeah. Well, they have uh, lost three straight now, right? Or they lost three out of the last four or something? Three out of the last four. Russell Wilson in his last five games has 12 touchdowns and eight picks. Shout out Badgers. Go Badgers. Hey, go Badgers. 49 to 11. 49 to 11 against Michigan. Hey, that, was an, an eight. that was an enjoyable game to watch. Yeah. But, uh, you better be a Badger fan, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was just, it's just, I think, I think people expect less from individual baseball players than individual quarterbacks and just quarterbacks you know i'm not i'm not relating this to any other nfl yeah they expect less in terms of a a team effect yeah is what you're saying good deal i agree with that too which bat okay so this is a loaded a loaded question here from diego which basketball cards are the best to buy in general also would it be a good idea to collect slash invest in selects three versions of basketball cards and then could you name your top five players for the next two three seasons excuse me in the nba so on the far right here, we are looking at a video hey, I did. Second, by... Aaron. Aaron, let's address some of these comments on the right side here, real quick. Oh, Just... okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're good. Um, uh, Anna, Anna, I just turned in. Are they saying the slab is fake? Does that mean the card is counterfeit? We don't know. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Nobody has any proof uh, either way. Um, Devonte Graham should go to a big team, man. So underrated. Don't have to tell me twice. I love Devontae yep. Graham. But also, um, something about this draft and coming up, you know, there's a lot of players. There's a lot of players that have big-time card implications on their hands. If the Knicks draft Obi Toppin, per se, uh, and he's instant offense, what happens to R.J. Barrett's values? Well, if, we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's no, I know. really interesting. And so, and so Devontae Graham's kind of the same way, you know, if a, like Alonzo Ball falls to – 
or if it goes to the Charlotte or the uh, Chicago, you know, what happens to Devontae or Kobe White. But anyways, we'll cover that in a little bit. Um, I was looking at a couple more, but we can keep going. Yeah, yeah, we don't. There's a lot of a de- debate here versus BGS PSA and their grading inconsistencies, corner wear, all that stuff. Uh, there's a lot to cover on that, and not necessarily something we can jump into at this moment. And I think that there is definitely like some conflicting viewpoints in the in the comments that I, I don't know exactly you know, what you all believe, but but I would say that PSA in general is a much tougher grading company than BGS, especially now they've really changed their. Their grading style. I've been seeing a lot of people are coming back with really low grades, but that's another day for sure. If y'all want to throw a question about that into the form for next week, please do so because we can talk about that next week. Uh, but in terms of this question here, so it, about the basketball cards, what are the best parallels to buy? I did a full video, 40 minutes long, covering Prism, Select, Optic, National Treasures, Immaculate, different sets, and the parallels that you know you should be focusing on from those brands. So definitely go check that out because it's going to have the most in-depth stuff. Uh, about the specific parallels but i would like to talk about question two right here is would it be a good idea to collect slash invest in select and their three versions of basketball cards we have both and i'm speaking for nate but i'm assuming he's going to agree is well 100 yes i think that select is probably one of the best basketball sets put out every single year in terms of rarity and that's it is I, the love, best I love football too yeah Oh yes, football too. Not just basketball. I should say I should say football too. Um, you know, in terms of rarity, population reports, the design, how they have action photos, all that stuff. The the parallels of it are insane. Um, it's definitely a home run set in my opinion. I think that you can't go wrong with any of the three. But I will just comment that left to right, the left is the concourse set, the middle is the premier set, the right is the courtside set. And they make up the full 300-card checklist for the set. So Concourse is 1 to 100. Premier Level is 101 to 200. And then uh, Courtside is 201 to 300. And it increases. So it gets more scarce as you move from left to right. And the Courtside are the rarest by far. Premier and Concourse are pretty similar in terms of rarity, I'd Can say, I when it comes to the like silvers. Premier? You don't like Premier? It's in like a, like a visually appealing aspect. Uh, the middle Luca card looks like trash. Well, I guess I'd say this premiere is my least favorite. I'll say that, but I, and I think that's very yearly dependent because I really like 2017's premiere for the silvers in the base, but the parallels for the premiere level are, are all die cuts. And I don't like the die cuts from 2017, but when this card is die cut, it gets rid of all that all the corners and everything, all that, you know, the black corners and whatever. And it looks way better as a die cut in 2018 and 2017. So I think it's a little, you know, there's some personal opinion that goes into that, but I would agree with you. That's the worst out of this 2018 select, in my opinion, for sure. And then could you name your f- top five players for the next two to three seasons in the NBA? Hey, I, you want to go on that? I just added that in, you know, when I was making these, cause it was a three part series, but you don't actually have to answer that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, I, for me, for me, uh, don't don't go and invest on this information, but I've got my top five players easy, okay? Giannis, Devontae Graham. I was waiting for that. Joel Embiid, Kelly Oubre, and then I'm going, I'm going Devin Dotson. Let's see where he lands. Uh maybe, maybe late first round, maybe early second round. The speed, maybe the shot comes up and whoop, Devin Dotson so fast. I'll uh you know, I'm not gonna necessarily 
this is such a subjective list, the top five players, because your number five can rotate between like 10 guys probably for that. Well, but it's, I'm just, just, it's just as subjective as saying, oh, he's a top five player in the NBA. The no, top I know. Five player list in the I NBA agree. Nine deep, you know? I agree. I agree. And yeah. that's why I was, I'm just going to give so favorite player, number one, Giannis. And then I'm gonna, just going to give my three favorite young players right now. Um, this is not in terms of card investing. I'll make it known. It, it could correlate a little bit, but just in terms of, my favorite players to watch and to to like and to follow will be Trey Young, Devin Booker, and Donovan Mitchell. Those are my three favorite young players, I'd say, in the NBA. And then you could probably throw in like someone between Jaw and Zion in the number five slot. They're exciting, but you know, I like the other three guys a lot. Shea. Actually, there we go. I'm gonna put Shea at number five. I just saw 42 pros say no Shea. Come on, Nate. Shea is definitely one of my top five favorite young players in the NBA. But not mine. Because he's not from Kansas and he's not a buck. So, <laughs> to be all those Kansas players are garbage. I'm just uh, kidding. There. Actually, hey, I'm just kidding. Watch, I'm just messing around. I'm just messing if, around. If anybody, if anybody's been paying attention, the a little bit of a segue here. Uh, Chris Paul got traded today. Obviously, the Thunder picked up another first round pick, but they also picked up Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre to match salary. And I'm pretty excited about that because I feel like Kelly Oubre is, A, good and would be nice, a little piece next to SGA. But then also, if they decide to trade him, they'll probably get another first-round pick for him in the future. Yeah, no, the Thunder are stacking first-round picks and building around Shea, and I'm very excited about that. Very excited. All right, next we got – well, I don't know why it's not going next. Oh, there we go. All right, this is a very long question. I'm just going to sum it up. Asking about the 2019 Panini National VIP cards. These came out of the gold packs at the National in Chicago last year. And the question is, this is a 2019 card, but it has a rookie logo on it. The question says for the Tiger card. And it has the same photo as the select court side. So if you look at the court side on the far right, it's Luca shooting a little, a little runner. And then the same deal, or fadeaway. And then the same deal here on the Tiger card. But this is from 2019 national vip packs i don't see a rookie logo on this card i looked at other ones i looked at the pink hyper i looked at the scopes i looked at the base maybe i missed it maybe it says rookie on the back i'm not sure um but i guess my my point is that if you know that these say rookie somewhere please say it in the comments and i'll discredit it because it's not a rookie card it came after right before i guess this was probably like his first second year card i'd say is printed in 2019 2019 set right in August at the national. Um, but yeah, not a rookie card still valuable though. Some of those pull big dollars. So not much to, not too much else to, to comment on there. And sometimes I will say this card companies make mistakes, big mistakes. Josh Hart, 2018 prism had a rookie logo. Clearly not a rookie. 2017 prism was his rookie card. Shea Gilgis Alexander, 2018 prism, no rookie logo, definitely a rookie and definitely does not matter for investing in that card. I will tell you, I had someone come to me. This was a year and a half. This was like the first summer that we were starting up our email. So this was not this past summer, the summer before that, year and a half ago, saying, hey, you're always putting Shea Prism cards in this email list. Like, I love Shea, but I can't get myself to buy him because there's no rookie logo. And I was like, well, you know, people are still going to like it because it's his first Prism card. You definitely want to buy it. I'm not sure if he did, but if you didn't buy Shea because of the missing rookie logo, you missed out big because those silvers used to be like $15. Now they're like 150 and PSA 10s are 1,050. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. My point is, is that don't get caught up in no rookie logo. It's supposed to be there. Buy it based on 
you know, the knowledge of the brand, the card, the player, all that stuff. Um, Aaron, we're going to have to kick Goonie for saying Kelly Oubre is doo-doo. Uh, I don't make the rules. That's just... Well, um, you might have to kick me too, but the funny thing is that you can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just messing around. All right. With the season starting in a month's time, which prospect players do you see getting an increased opportunity due to some of the older players playing limited minutes? So this was more I wanted to speak on this from a uh, theory perspective, more so than like, uh, hey, what are the players are going to be good perspective? But I really do think that the market's going to be kind of nuts these first couple of weeks of the season. I mean, we're probably not going to see LeBron get many minutes. Some of those other guys that were in, you know, into the deep into the playoffs who just want a little bit of a break, some lower minutes. You know, do you do you really think this market's probably going to go nuts over these younger guys that get a shot that put up big numbers? Um, yeah, I'm trying to come up with uh, guys off the top of my head that are just going to have to carry a team for a while because. X star isn't going to play. Obviously, LBJ is the prime example of not going to play. Yeah. And so, um, you know, is Chris Paul going to play right away? But that doesn't really affect the Suns because we already know what the Suns are and we already know what Devin Booker can do. Yeah. Um, so who are some of the other who are some of the other old vets that uh I did not come prepared for this question, I will tell you that much. I come prepared for a lot of these, but not this one. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm 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 trying to think and like the Lamarcus Aldridge's of the world. That's hey, not gonna affect anybody. Hey, here um, you go. Maybe maybe Jokic doesn't play because he's big and Kawhi. played a long Kawhi, time. Kawhi takes know. a lot of time off as it is. He just went not super deep in the playoffs, so he played in the bubble. Will he see more time off and will that affect whoever sits behind him, which would be a guy like who sits behind Kawhi or plays I mean, not I mean it wouldn't be Paul like Paul George. I guess might get more shots if he makes them. Maybe his cards go up. But well, is Paul George going to play? Exactly. So maybe he doesn't play either. It's then, it's it's an interesting question. I, I wish I was planning on doing more research into it, but mm, I think yeah. I think the point here is that do you remember like at the bubble, the start of the bubble, Mikael Bridges drops like ten points and ten rebounds, tw- like twelve points and ten rebounds, and his cards go up like three hundred percent. I think the point is that there's going to be guys that you're not thinking about. So, so the 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 situation here would be like the Nuggets. Maybe they give a bunch of rest to Jokic and Jamal Murray, and now all of a sudden somebody like a bull pull actually gets into the game, and he has like ten points and eight rebounds, and people explode back up on bull bull because he had yeah. one good game while Jokic is taking a couple games off. That would be the yeah. situation. Yeah, I agree. So just think about that. If you got some prison rookies stashed in your uh, in your boxes, maybe pull some of them out and see if they get some more run. Uh, at the beginning of the season versus middle of the season. I will say this. If you do have a guy like that that was worth like a dollar and now he's worth $10, please sell it. In the beginning of the season, please sell it. Yeah. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys. Uh, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler might get time off. Tyler Hero has to, has to uh, carry the load. You know, bringing up Landry Shamet in the comments, MPJ in the comments, they're going to have to shoulder some load if the Stars actually get time off. Um and you know the list. The list can keep going on. Maybe not necessarily the guy behind, like Kawhi, yeah. uh, getting his minutes, but another star having to shoulder the scoring load, which will increase, you know, collectability prices. I agree. All right, we got a, a one or a head v or a head versus head to head. I don't know. what I'm trying to say here, which card has more room to run this upcoming season? 2009 tops PSA nine. 
Stephen Courier, 2007 Topps Chrome, Kevin Durant, PSA 9. I failed to read the PSA 9 in the question, and I pulled the PSA 10 values and pop reports. So we'll, we'll compare for the PSA 10s and just say that you might be able to apply this to the PSA 9, but definitely do more research on the PSA 9 if you want to know about the PSA 9 because I messed up here. But we at least have some numbers to look at. So PSA 10, Steph Curry, 349 PSA 10s out there, around $4,500 about right now. Out of a total of seventeen hundred and sorry, eighteen hundred and fifty graded. Looking at the KD around a thirty-seven hundred and fifty dollar card right now, and eight hundred ninety-nine tens out of two thousand one hundred and twenty around that whatever it is. And if I'm looking at these two, looking at the players, looking at the teams, thinking about who can make the biggest impact going to the playoffs or through the next three seasons, five seasons, you know, and the pop reports, Nate, I think I'm taking the Steph Curry over the KD. Now, and, wait, let me add one more thing for you to think about because you might not know this. Steph Curry's Topps Chrome rookie is numbered out of 999. Very hard to get your hands on. Almost impossible unless you have a ton of money. So like this would almost be like, you know, a KD Topps Chrome in terms of like, can you actually buy it? Okay. Um. Well, I've heard a lot of good reports on Kevin Durant. I know Achilles are hard to come back from, but people are really excited about it. Maybe that's just a bunch of hogwash, and I shouldn't be excited. But uh, and also he's playing with Kyrie, which is always you know sketchy as. Nate, I don't like that. Nate, I don't like that. But I think we're all kind of forgetting. We're kind of forgetting how good, how good KD was. Uh, well, he's he is good. He's amazing. Pre pre you know disappearing for a while. And so I'm 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 going with KD. I think I think he's going to come back, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh yeah, that's why this guy was the second best player in the NBA for years." Not not Steph Curry, not James Harden, not Giannis, KD. Nate, what what are your thoughts? On, and let me make this clear: Topps Chrome definitely better than a normal Topps card when you're talking about KD cards. I was making a comment before on Steph Curry's Topps Chrome being so rare that the Topps one can be bought as if it's as desirable as a Topps Chrome card, just in case anyone's confused there. What are the, what's the probability that you give the Warriors to come out of the West and into the finals? Like, what's your percent? Uh, well, I think the West has gotten harder. I think there's a lot of teams sure. that are, are way more exciting. <laughs> you know, the Suns. Um, I think if the... Uh, Portland did a little bit of trading to break up Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and got, you know, maybe a dominant big in there, maybe a Joel Embiid. Um, just what if a, they pick what if they pick James Wiseman number number 2? Well, I don't think I don't think any draft pick from this year is going to move the needle that much. Yeah, no, I agree it, there. It goes from agree. a playoff team to a uh finals team that quickly. But yeah. uh I'm not giving them a huge a huge percentage. You got two guys coming off of injuries, coming back, trying to get healthy, trying to get it, uh, their shot back. You don't have Kevin Durant anymore. They're both older. Draymond Green sucks. Don't talk to me about Draymond Green. I cannot stand that guy. Like um, that. <laughs> I'm giving. I I I don't know. They have. They probably have just as good of a chance as uh, Jazz. Well, you know, Jazz Clippers. Lakers, anybody like that, because they're all just really, really good teams. Yeah. You know, I actually am kind of cheering for the Warriors this year. I kind of want to see them come out and, and play really well off of the injuries and without KD and, and all that stuff. 
And I do like Steph Curry line, Clay Thompson, one of the nicest shots I've ever seen in my life from Clay, a spot up shooter. But uh, I, I, I would probably put them still behind Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Ooh, Nuggets. Those this teams is a valid are, point. What they have the negative asset of Andrew Wiggins on their team, and that will just make them worse. I forgot about Wiggins, dude. I totally forgot about Wiggins. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to to track this year. I'm really excited for the NBA this year once again. I think it's going to be an awesome season again. Very, very excited. Also, thanks for everyone watching. We had 140 viewers in here. Uh, if you can hit that like button, it would really help us get this video into more people's hands so we can have these fun discussions in the live feed like you guys are having right now. I see you guys going at it about the Warriors and Wiggins and some other <laughs> Draymond. <laughs> uh, All right. I have too many buddies that are Michigan State fans. I cannot support Draymond. No, I don't like Draymond at all. Even Since though I like Gary Harris. Kind of, so. oh, uh, oh. Carlos S., everyone forgets Wiggins because Wiggins is trash. Kelly Oubre, who is a Kansas all Jayhawk, right. and Andrew Wiggins, who is a Kansas Jayhawk. <laughs> Kelly Oubre is a better player, and nobody would have said that in a million years when they got drafted. All right. You guys can listen to Nate Rant on his, on his personal Instagram page about, about the Jayhawks at some other time. <laughs> Since we are kind of in a breaker culture, do you see sealed wax like Prism Select Box, Prism and Select Boxes being a good long-term hold, especially with a good rookie class? So I picked boxes from a good rookie class. We have the 2003 Topps Chrome Hobby Box. This is the LeBron James most coveted card in the space right now, basketball marketplace. That is the sealed box, and it's worth around $13,000 right now. And on the right, you see two different boxes. You see the top one being 2018 Prism Basketball, sealed hobby box, Luca, Trey, Shea, Jaron Jackson, of course, for $4,000. Below that is the first off the line for $5,500. Let it be known, I sold two. I sold two first off the line boxes for $400 each at the National in 2018. <laughs> I also sold two hobby boxes for $300 each, and you see it at $4,000 right there. And then also you have a buy now for a normal hobby of $4,500. So, with that being said, well, you also got 10, 10 uh, Prism retail boxes this past year at seventy dollars a piece, and sold yeah. those or opened them. Yes, one of the one one of the both. Um, hey, we will never see we will never see that ever again. Can you even believe that in twenty nineteen they were seventy dollars at retail for a twenty pack retail box? I can't even believe that. Like I even know. at the end of two thousand, sorry, yeah, at the end of two thousand nineteen, the hobby was very hot. And I should say it was not at the national in 2018. Is at the national in 2019? I got my date wrong. Yeah, it was, like it was even more recent. Early, okay. Yeah, my bad. 2019. Uh, my my point is here is that breaker culture or not, however you view that, it it sucks up supply. Boxes get broken. There's less supply out there. There's more cards out there. These are rare. Like sealed boxes of this good product is rare. It's not easy to come by them, especially good prices that people are willing to move them for. And yeah, I do think that sealed product is just going to continue to gain value over time, long term, as people come into the hobby. And it's not because people want to break it open and grade what comes out of it. It's because of how collectible these boxes are, I believe, and what could possibly be in them just carries so much value because it's always going to have whoever's performing well from that rookie class. And we have a rookie class like 2018 Prism or 2003 Tops Chrome. That's where you're in the sweet spot for sure. Yep. For sure. Hard to, hard to buy and not rip, though. Oh, tell me about that. I can't even believe I didn't rip those boxes I had sealed the four of them back then. All right. Yeah. I bet you had the, a nice Luca in there somewhere. Uh, no, actually, the top of the line Luca. 
Hey, the people actually opened the first off the line boxes in front of me as like deer and Fox red shimmer of eight second year card. And then some other not great card, I think. Okay, but there was a, hey, there was a Trey young purple ice, I think out of one of them. I mean, so. you know, it's always a risk to open boxes. Uh, that's why I break. I kind of like breaking cause you can buy your team, buy your, uh, your division do do whatever you want compared yeah. to, I watched guys buy, you know, I watched guys in the shop buy $550 prison boxes, which have gone up now. And they pull, you know, $10 worth of cards out. Wait, one second. You just said they bought them for $550. This was around December to January, right? Last yeah. year? Yeah. Can, uh, you believe, yeah December. can you believe that hobby boxes were $550 and you and I and many others were like, this is ridiculous. Prism came out $200 last year, two times the price. Like, are you kidding me? Those things are easy $3,000 on eBay now. Easy. Yep. But the crazy thing is, is I watched them open. And at the time, these are prices at the time, but there were boxes where they'd be $10 a, a box of cards. Like the then. cards? Yeah. Dude, uh, yeah. And then there would be boxes where you pull, you know, $8,000 because you pull a, a a Zion base and a Jaw base and a Zion Mojo Auto, um, stuff like that. I'm just like, yeah. it, that is what, that is the best thing I could ever have witnessed to make me not spend a ton of money on boxes because... For every $7,000 box there was, there was like 30 $10 boxes. Check this out. This is just another way to put it like they, it's really hard to pull good cards. And this isn't just about my example I'm about to give, but applies to almost every product out there that has good cards in it. So I pulled that Charizard from Hidden Fates that's worth $500, the Shiny GX. That card, I watched breaks of 300 packs, of 500 packs, no Charizard, of all the packs. I, I got out of four pa- or 12 packs, so I was extremely, extremely lucky. Very grateful for it. But, like, that just goes to show that you could, like, sit there forever and not get it and be way in the tubes, like, yep. way down there in money. So Which just, is why you keep your rookies. You grade your rookies wh- and you sell yeah. when they get hot. Which is also why retail, if you can get your hands on it at retail pricing, helps a lot. Like Nate was doing at Series 1 back in the day for 2020 Top Series 1, going to Target, pick up a couple packs here and there for $3. You can just value play it like crazy with grading and having rookies and stuff versus you buy that you know, $300, $500 update box and you get like a basic Cunha and Soto and you tend them and you're not even really breaking even maybe at that point. I mean, you are actually breaking even, but those boxes are much more than $500 now. So that's a bad example, but the theory, the theory holds. The theory, if, if you can find it or you find retail, like I did with that Donruss football, Mm -hmm. I bought three retail value pack boxes and sold two of them. And the third one was free. Exactly. And then you, you can, you know, open it, grade it and be free riding. All right, here's a good one. Do you think mid-tier rookies like Kobe White, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett are still good buys at this point, or will the new rookies affect their card prices come next year with only Jaw, Zion, and maybe Hero holding value? Nate, I know you got a lot to say on this topic, and some of it comes from Slabstock Sam, but I just want to say, looking at these prices here, I cannot believe that RJ Barrett's silver PSA 10s are $700 right now. I cannot believe it. It's crazy. Kobe White over six hundred and fifty. I get that he's going to get a lot of playing time this year, a lot of scoring, but still, I can. There's a lot of stuff out there you can get for six hundred fifty dollars. If it was between spending seven hundred dollars on a uh, Prism Silver, RJ Barrett PSA ten, or chopping off my hand and still having seven hundred dollars, I'd chop off my hand. 
<laughs> Dude, I can't. I could not believe when I went and grabbed that pricing. I swear that card was going to be like three hundred dollars or less. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> As for from Slabstock Sam, I asked him this question, and he said, "Yeah, I think it's worth it for all of them at the moment." He didn't know the prices. He was just talking about you know their upside per se. He said, of course, so much could change after draft and free agency. Cam really played well going into the shutdown, and then we didn't see him uh, since, really. So he could have improved while being out of the limelight as he was improving last season. Possibility. Uh, Kobe White has a new front office and a new GM, which should help him. I will mention that if LaMelo gets drafted there, who knows what happens. And then also he said, RJ, uh, because they don't have much else on the team, will certainly get usage which is always a big thing. Usage is the most important thing. Um, I always, I always come back to Devontae Graham because he's, I love him, but you know, Devontae Graham's not nearly as valuable a player if he doesn't get the usage he does last year. Right. Cause his shooting percentages were not very good. Um, and yet because he got a ton of usage, he was in the limelight. People use him. RJ Barrett could have the same thing happen unless, you know, whoever they draft at the number eight spot, uh, is, uh, you know, impedes his usage rate like in ob Toppin, though i don't think ob Toppin will be there at uh number eight let me just say this as you know that was good breakdown right there but just thinking about this question as a in general sense is that com- comparing it to new rookies and their cards coming out you're not gonna want to buy the new cards that are coming out of the rookies yet i mean you're not gonna get nba hoops until january you're not gonna get nba prism until uh march you're going to have a long time until you can even snag rookies of the new rookies that you want. And that's even given that, you know, the draft class is something that you desire. I think a lot more people just like in general would rather have the 2019 class, maybe even minus the top two stars, you know, comparing Anthony Edwards, LaMelo to John Zion just after that, even would rather have 2019. I mean, I'd rather have 2018 than both of them for sure. Yeah. But, but I, I think that if you're looking to put money into players, this is not just for 2019. I know all these questions were based in 2019 class. Just put in a 2017, 2018. Those players that you know can build on their careers. I think there's going to be so much risk coming out with these new rookies. People trying to chase the next shiny object, and we don't even know if they're going to. Well, the, the disappointing thing about these new rookies is I feel like there's definitely going to be – there's definitely going to be some high upside long-term plays. Yeah. Um, where, you know, they're not quite what you think they're going to be now. But you buy on like uh, uh, Siko, uh, the Demboyo. Why can't I think of his name? Dem- Demboya. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like him, right? Upside for days. Might not get there, but a nice long term play. <coughs> there's definitely going to be a lot of those. I just think there's a lot of, uh, and that that's when having Prism now would be nice. So that by the time somebody like a Toppin or an Anthony Edwards blows up for 20 points a game or something unexpected, you can buy those cards already. Uh, what is nice is that you don't have people buying into LaMelo and then he gets stuck on like the Timberwolves or something with D'Angelo Russell and he's not that good and prices plummet. So it's a two-edged sword. Yeah, and definitely need a leverage like the grading aspect. I know Nate was talking about like have them so when they do pop off, you have them. Well, and even you know more, just to take it one step further is you should be grading those cards during that time frame that you're waiting for that to happen because – if you have those graded cards, once they do, those just sell so much quicker for sure and so much more value. Yeah. Uh, Killian Hayes will win an MVP. Oh, you bad. heard it here first. Uh, 
I would take the field over anybody from this draft class winning an MVP. I would probably agree. <laughs> awesome. So this is the only Pokemon question in this live stream. It's about the brands before 1999 base set English version came out. Talking about the top sun from 1995 Japanese and the, uh, what's it called? I don't really want to say it's wrong, but it looks like Cardass vending from 1996. Cardass, Cardass, whatever it is. <laughs> Maybe it's a typo. <laughs> no, no, it's not a typo. Look at that PSA label. It's not a typo. It's actually what it's called. And okay. It's, yeah, and I'll tell you what. It's asking what will be more accepted as the first Pokemon cards as time goes on. I don't really know because this is such a subjective opinion. Some people like the English set where it's like this was the first one I collected growing up. I you know could only buy that. Some people like the Japanese because they're printed first. But looking at that one on the far right, it's got a little mosaic feel to it. That card is pretty awesome of Charizard. That the the vending one, the Prism card. I kind of like it a lot. Uh, you know, when it comes to the question, which one will be more accepted? I think it's a toss-up. I don't think that this is like 2012 Prism is before 2013 Prism, obviously. You know, like, that's you can't debate that. Like, with this, I feel like there's much more debate that can go into this given how people collect. Because, like, for, you know, maybe someone like Nate's age or someone a little bit older when they were growing up or even my age if you're super young – uh, 1999, you know, you're not going to consider those Japanese sets, you know, your first sets. You're going to consider that base set, the one from 1999, the 102 set, your first set. So that's how I see it. But I also have some pop report numbers here just to show the difference in rarity and stuff. So there's different hollow foils and greenback, blueback of this top sun one. And, you know, they're anywhere between four or maybe that's just a mistake because they start denoting them until a certain point about the backs. But anywhere between, you know, 100, 150 for, for those total graded and then for this uh really cool prism one here there's 280 total graded of that card and compare that to the first edition uh there's definitely thousands of the first edition 1999 totally graded there's only like 120 psa 10s and maybe oof, i don't know how many psa 9s but there, there's definitely more first edition cards graded than these two so if you're talking about scarcity these are more scarce here's another debate i actually have been enjoying these uh these one you know head-to-head -head player debates we've been having is Prism Trey Young still a good investment with his price rise, or is it better to move towards cheaper options such as Michael Porter Jr.? So I will tell you this. Both of these cards have gained significant value. It doesn't matter if it's Trey or MPJ. Trey has gained more value over the last month. He actually has went from like $1,600 to $2,500 now. That top sale on November 16th did sell for $2,500 on Buy It Now Our Best Offer. So that card is appreciating at a crazy rate right now. Uh, we had an Instagram post about it talking about you know how he's been out of the bubble or he was out of the bubble didn't play for so long maybe people's expectations are super high of him being ready to score a ton of points and whatnot and then mpj i think bottomed out around 800 for prism silver psa 10 now up to 930 uh 920 around there so nate you know are you, are you taking that money you're buying two to three mpjs or are you buying one tray well, I think there's a multitude of things that run through my head when you say that. And Slap, Slap Stock Sam would probably have a better answer than me. But I have been studying up on basketball significantly more, probably to the little bit of the detriment of my baseball studying up. But that's neither here nor there. The draft right. is happening, so I'm really excited about it. Whatever. I can't believe um, A couple things popped through my head. One, MPJ is from Missouri. Went college, Missouri, high school in Washington, but college in Missouri. Trey Young is from the Big 12. 
uh, MPJs from the SEC. So right there, you already have one good answer. Trey Young all day. Big 12, baby. Well, Missouri used to be Big 12. Yeah, and they were trash. And then they had to move to a weaker conference so that they could win games. Um, but they still for football games too. because they're still <laughs> trash. Um, and uh, so that's one. Not very useful, but that's one. Uh, number two, Trey Young is the only guy on his team um, from a, like, you know, going to have the ball and score. You got John Collins, and you've got uh, DeAndre Hunter, and you've got um, uh, Cam Reddish, and you've got Clint Capella. But we all know who the ball is going through. It's going through yeah. Trey Young. MPJ, on the other hand, unless some of the guys guys ahead of him start out, he's clearly third fiddle. Um, and maybe he, he he has the talent. He was the number one prospect in high school and projected number one pick until he broke his back. Um, he has the talent to, you know, shoot up that list and become the best player on the Nuggets. Uh, no question about that. But as for right now, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, you know, I know Trey's going to get the ball. I know he's going to score. I'm not 100% sure about MPJ. Let's uh... – Doncic, the one, brings up a good point. Denver is a championship contending team versus Atlanta garbage. So there is two two different sides I mean, to this. Either you're not a bad that. team, you get the ball more, or you're not a better team and you have to you know share it with other stars. I, oof, If I'm going three MPJs versus one Trey, what do I do? I, I, gosh, I, I love Trey so much. I really do enjoy MPJ. I think that he's going to be really good. I think there's more immediate payoff, possibly a Trey, just because at the start of the season, I think that we know he's going to be shooting the ball, all that stuff. I think there's still like some question around MPJ elite. I mean, obviously there is, there's a reason why he's a third of the price, but if you have to make a definitive pick, are you going to Trey? I want to, <laughs> I don't think I would though, mainly because I don't have $2,500 to spend on any single okay, card. Okay. Okay. Take, take money. Clearly, out of the equation completely. I'll take Trey. Okay. There you go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I, I, and also to be said is that I think that Trey and Luca have been the two players that have pretty much started this basketball rise. And, you know, we talked about Zion and Giannis in a YouTube video as well. But I think that, you know, guys like MPJ, guys like Jaron Jackson, Shea and De'Aaron Fox and Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum's in that league with Luca and Trey for sure above those other guys. But uh, I think that we're going to see those other those other players pull up in the near 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 future. And there's a question here that says or a comment that says Mike from Michael Brown, Shea Gilgis Alexander over MPJ. I take that bet. I take that bet too. I, I love Shea. I think a lot of people know that Sam does. Um, he's going to be a very very awesome exciting player on the Thunder for sure. And um, is, how, and what? How much did Trey move up already? Because I feel like I wasn't paying attention. That could probably swing my answer. Yeah. Because see, if MPJ just moved up by like 150 bucks and Trey moved up by a thousand, do I really think that there's another thousand dollar range for Trey Young before yeah. MP my three MPJ cards move up 500 bucks? Yeah. So you did miss out on that, which is why I brought up that comment about Trey and Lucas starting at MPJ and the other guys following. Yeah. MPJ is up about 150, 125 over the last month. Trey is up. A thousand, just right, right around there. Nine hundred, a thousand. Oh no! Yeah. So, it's so you're right. it's it's a it's a good it's a good question. I enjoy this question because was, I I could go both ways uh, pretty easily if you just you know talked me into it. Yeah, easily swayed either way. Yeah, you, you, you think can... there's probably more upside, but I think Trey's safer. Mm -hmm. I think the same. 
PSA, PSA recently announced that they will be extending the years for the modern card classification to 2017 starting January 1st. Do we need to wait until then to submit our cards or can we submit now and get cards when the charge when, sorry, charged when the cards are actually graded? So if you don't know, PSA within the last like 6 months broke their submission types into different years. So you've got they did at first 2016 to to, to present all those cards cost X amount to grade, and it's the highest because they want to capitalize on, or they either want to capitalize on the amount of cards that are coming from 2016 to now, or they want to discourage the amount of cards that are coming between 2016 and now to slow down their wait times. So those are most expensive, and then everything else behind it is pretty much tiered down from there, or at least it's the same price. But I, I actually was not aware of it before this question, so I, you know, I sitting here, I haven't heard this before, not 100%. Ch- you know, sure, it's true. I'm assuming it is if someone asks the question, but they're saying that the modern card classification will be bumped to 2017. So cards from 2017 will not be included in that upcharge and it starts January 1st. In my personal opinion, it's not, even, it, you know, it's just what I think sitting here is that you would have to wait until January 1st to actually send the submission because when you make the submission on their website, it prints off a form. At the time of the submission, it's going to be priced that way until January 1st on the submission. If you're planning on taking advantage of that cheaper cost or those 2017 cards to grade, I would wait until January 1st. Yeah, it's a month and a half, so not necessarily great. Or you just pay the upcharge, which is maybe like $3 a card. Do you think they're going to keep... So January 1st and moving it up a year can't be a coincidence. It's going to be 2021 and they're moving up 2017. So do you hmm. think in 20 January 1st 2022 ultra modern will just keep shifting so 2018 will no longer be ultra modern in 2023 2019 will no longer be ultra modern? You know that's interesting. I didn't actually think about that. I don't really have an answer for it at, at the moment right now, but you're right. I mean, I guess I couldn't see necessarily why they'd be preempted to switch it like, you know, unless it's for that reason on January 1st. So it makes sense. I, think I could maybe- see it happening. I guess in my mind, if I was trying to think for PSA, they're probably like, all right, they've had X amount of years to get all of these good players in and graded. So now there's going to be less of those cards. So we might as well move the move the marker and give people a better deal out of them. Right. I feel you. Um, Two questions left, unless Nate has something to say. Uh, yeah, I have a I have a thing. I've seen uh, Eric Pascal or Pascal. I don't actually ever learned how Pascal. to say it last time. Um a couple times in this chat and it says, I love Eric on this fresh warriors team. Um, and I would just go on to say that you've got Steph and clay and Andrew and not really Draymond, but James Wiseman, you know, that's four guys because you got to take the number two pick as long as they get Wiseman. If they trade down, that's one thing, but you have at least four guys that are probably going to get the ball before Eric gets the ball. And uh, I don't know about you, Aaron, but I know for a fact that I would never invest in the fifth fiddle on a team. I would never invest in the fifth fiddle on a team as well. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I do see a lot of comments where it's like, oh, I love this guy. Oh, I love that guy. Uh, you know, Eric's a nice player. I refuse to say his last name because I don't know how to say it. Um, he's a nice player. But uh, there's nice players, and then there's good investments, and I don't think he crosses over that line. 
And let's keep in mind, if you are investing in, it's not really an investment, it's more of a gamble because you're trying to play that game where people go and flock to card most likely after a couple of good games or something like that. Maybe you're not and you are actually buying for the long term, but uh, not necessarily something you know I personally want to be involved in. Quinn Hughes, this is an NHL question here, so don't really have many of these, but I had a uh, Slabstock Sam text me and say, hey, I got this question and he want to get this in here because he didn't think we put it in here. So I said, ah, I throw it in there for him. Uh, Quinn Hughes retro future watch auto. So I already realized I messed up here. It says retro and uh, I'm actually looking at the real future watch auto, but we'll just keep going with this. Last time I checked pop report had two PSA tens. How much does that actually affect the sale value of a card? Is the player demand worth more pop report grade? The reason why I actually like this question is because it's got theories here that can apply to any sport. Um, this is not the retro. I realize it says retro now. I took the one numbered on 999, which is the actual rookie auto. It's kind of, if you think about it, like, you know, you take a card like a, a Tops Update rookie and a rookie debut. Everyone wants a Tops Update rookie. They don't want the rookie debut. Uh, similar thing here. I mean, people will buy the retro, but it's just not as expensive. And the PSA 10s of this card around 515 to $400, depending on when it's sold. More recently, 400 and a non-graded sold for 250 and a BGS 9.5 for 405. So my thoughts here are there's not a big enough market to sway a PSA 10. If this was basketball, baseball, the PSA 10 would be like at least 1.75 times the price of that BGS 9.5. At least it, it would be almost like $700 or $700 or something. So, you know, I don't have many thoughts in terms of the hockey card market on this exact card, but in terms of player demand, does that outweigh pop report? I'd say yes. I mean, if you're if you're looking at you know what people want, they will gravitate towards a player before they gravitate towards a pop count. And that's not to say that pop count doesn't matter because it definitely does. I mean, you've heard me say, like say it here on IG Live, on YouTube Live, on Instagram videos, YouTube videos, whatever. How important the pop report is. But I think that if it comes to like what is the person going to decide on more, it's player, then grade, then pop report is how I see how people decide, not necessarily myself or Nate or whoever, just how people decide. It goes player, then grade, then pop report. Hey, uh, quick quick comment on the comment section. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of Trey Young slander. I will not abide by it. Uh, Trey Young shoots 42% from the field and 34% from three. He's basically a boring Iverson. Um, if you take his career percentages, yes, that is correct. But because careers are never just the whole thing, and usually players get better, I don't think that's fair. So you should just take his 1920 season. And his 1920 season was 44% from the field and 36% from three. Now, obviously, that's not a huge difference. That's 2%, two, uh, 2 uh, each direction or for each thing. But that's still better. Um, the other thing I think people forget about is they just look at the three-point percentage and say, oh, 36 three-point percentage. You know, he's supposed to be a good shooter. He's only shooting 36%. That's trash. Whereas Giannis shot 30%, and he's a bad shooter. Uh, but Trey shot, Trey shot 9.6 threes a game, and I guarantee you a lot of those are off the dribble with a hand in his face. You know, not unbelievably clean looks like a lot of guys. Like Giannis always gets a clean look from three, and yeah. he shoots 30% on like probably three attempts a game, whereas Trey probably hardly ever getting a clean look from three almost 10 attempts a game and shooting 36%. If you took that number down to a normal like five, I bet you he's probably going to be shooting like 44, 45%. And then all of a sudden, all you guys would be like, oh, Trey, he's a 45% shooter from three. So it's all about attempts per game. 
Yeah, because he'd be more. Uh, you'd be can, more. You can make you can make stats uh, tell any story you want. Doesn't he'd be more? Still, it's true. Yeah, I mean, if he was shooting five attempts per game, he'd be more selective too. You know, he wouldn't be taking those extra four. But in reality, if he takes those extra four and hits one of them, yeah, you know, he's still netting more points. I guess if he goes, you know, at, for a two pointer or whatever. I mean, there's so many different ways to break it down. Just some quick thoughts on that. All right, last question here. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. There's been a ton of viewers this entire time, and we really appreciate that because it's almost an hour and 15 minutes. If that is more, it says maybe this is more of a December question. With the NBA draft, which draft player do you anticipate will make, will have the most potential value going forward? Any potential dark horses? So Nate and I can give our brief thoughts on this, but this video here from Sam Dunks, it says the most interesting 2020-21 NBA rookie card investments Something you should check out because Sam talked about last week, a very good video um, from Sam talking about some maybe under the radar players to keep an eye on. But Nate, what do you, and also it, it happens on Wednesday. It's not tomorrow, Tuesday. The draft happens on Wednesday. What are you, what are you looking at for the draft? Just some brief thoughts. You're not looking to go too long. Oh, um, well, I'm really excited. I just, I'm just excited to see where guys land and what trades happen. Um I, I mentioned this earlier. I really think it's one of those drafts where you could see the best player get drafted, I don't know, 24th per se. I, I don't remember who has the 24th pick, but uh, oh, it's the Bucks. Um, but it's one of those drafts where I don't really think there's a huge difference between the 10th player and the 25th player picked, right? There's a little bit of a difference, but it's going to be like when Giannis was drafted 15th overall, nobody was like, wow, Giannis, he really looks like the best player in the draft. Uh it was a big wild card, and then he happened to land on a team with Jason Kidd that let him handle the ball. Uh, there's going to be a lot of coaches in the NBA that would not let a 6'11 guy, even if he had handles, uh, handle the ball ever. Um, and so you need to land in the right fit, right situation. And so that's going to be a lot of this draft. And for a lot of guys that are on the teams already, if LaMelo goes to Charlotte or Chicago, what does that do to Devontae Graham and Kobe White? Reversely, what does that do to LaMelo if they just decide, you know, to run with Kobe White and Zach Levine? If LaMelo, I don't know. Um, it's just a lot of, yeah, a lot of really uncertain, uncertainty uh, at this point, which is odd a month from the a month from the season. Usually at this point, you know exactly who you want to buy and what is going on in training camps and, uh, you know, summer league, and we have none of that. It's all just a guessing game right now. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I'm just excited to see how these guys start to slot in on these teams. I think we know very little, and not just because, you know, I'm sure people do more research than us out there. They for sure do. But there, I just think that there's a lot of uncertainty, like Nate said, and that can be interesting for the card market, especially when there's no NBA cards out there. It's the first time ever we've had a season like this with really no NBA cards to be seen before the season starts. And also something interesting is we have Prism and Contenders, Prism and Contenders cards that came out before the draft. That's never happened before either. So that is going to be interesting. You know, if Anthony Edwards lands on the Warriors or James Wiseman lands on the Warriors, are all those, you know, Oakland natives and Warriors fans waiting to pounce on those cards? They Do, do they go buy up their favorite or their, their rookie at their team drafts? We'll see. I mean... In the past, you know, college jerseys, definitely not an investment. And even now, I would still say don't because it's very risky and there's not that big of a time frame to sell them right now. But this is more intriguing than it has been years past. There is going to be 
two months or at least a month of a you know a couple weeks of a season to a month before hoops comes out and then three months before prism nba comes out and a good thing to remember too is that these rookies they are getting drafted on what's today monday the 18th of november and the season starts on december 22nd and they have not played a competitive game since march madness uh no, you know, not, Mar- not March Madness before, or not March, March before March Madness. I forget because it was devastating to me as the fan of the number one team in the nation, uh, not getting the chance to win the championship. Um, hey, but the Badgers won that simulation, remember? I don't even want to talk. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> but a thing to remember is that these rookies are not going to get a ton of time to prepare, to learn playbooks, um, to learn the ins and outs of an NBA season, to learn anything. So I wouldn't be shocked if you have an already bad rookie class, an already underwhelming rookie class, and then almost no time to prepare. And uh, you have some coaches that don't play rookies a lot anyways, unless they're extremely good. I wouldn't be shocked if we don't have like any 20 point per game scores. I wouldn't be shocked if our all rookie teams are just like a bunch of second rounders that were, you know, uh, like uh, cast. Uh, Winston from Michigan State, who's a Cassius, uh, Winston. Cassius Winston, who's a senior, those types of guys that are ready to step in and will have a role. I wouldn't be shocked if that is the type of guys that have really good rookie years. And a lot of these Anthony Edwards and uh, guys like that are just kind of late bloomers that you probably shouldn't invest in. Yeah. But, but maybe I'll put that uh, Slapstock Sam to make a video on. Yeah, yeah, he'll definitely have thoughts about the NBA, how the trades are going down, how the free agency is going down, the draft, all that stuff in the following week. So be sure to look out for that. Nate, great life today. We we covered a lot of topics, I feel. Yeah, we covered a lot of topics. A lack of baseball, though. Come on, guys. Baseball. Baseball. (laughs) Hey, you just said yourself that you're more focused on basketball right now. I I have been, but I love talking baseball more. I I like talking baseball, just the – NBA offseason is like one of the funnest times in the world. Mm-hmm. And we're getting it all condensed into uh, like, one month, which is yeah, just super exciting. Yeah. And Ricardo, I just saw, I said, hit that like button, guys. Come on. Thank you, everyone, to who came here and viewed this show. If you can hit that like button, it really helps us. My name is Slapstocks Aaron. Slapstocks Nate joined me. We are live every Monday on YouTube at 6 p.m. Eastern time to do this Q&A. I really enjoyed talking today about these different topics. It's really exciting. And thank you all for coming to, to watch. Nate, any last words here? Uh, no, I had a really good time. I thought we had a lot of good back and forth discussion. So uh, thank you, everyone. And thanks, Aaron. That was that was a good yeah. discussion. Maybe one time we'll be able to get Slab Sox Sam on this and he can, yeah. uh, uh, whatchamacallit. But. Do, you know what's, do you know what's cool is that all three of us can actually be on this at the same time versus Instagram. Yeah. So we could, we could try that out sometime. That would be cool. All right, everyone. Hey, uh, one second. Crazy Piggy, uh, best baseball prospects are with the Giants, not just Luciano. Um, Something happened to Alexander Canario the other day, and I was going to bring it up, but I don't remember what it was, so this isn't very useful. But somebody, look up Alexander Canario on Twitter, and you'll see that I feel like it was something about his prices going down because something happened, but I can't remember now. Uh, So my bad. Classic Nate. Can't remember. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, definitely go search Twitter if you want to know because Nate's not going to be able to tell you right now. So nope. thank you everyone for watching and we will see you guys next week, Monday here, Slab Stocks Live, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks everyone for watching and be sure to hit that like button and subscribe.